Jumping is scary. When you first jump, your parachute is not going to open right away. I would love to tell you that it would, that when you quit your job, you'll just have a shop full of clients. It ain't going to happen. The chute don't ever open right away. You're going to get some skin tore off you on them rocks. At times, it's going to feel like it's an uncontrollable tumble. But let me tell you this. If you don't ever jump, your parachute will never open. You will never soar. Now, you'll be safe. You'll sit there with that parachute on your back, all them skills you got and your skills you got, and you'll have it packed away, and you'll never get cut up on the rocks. Don't jump, and you'll never get cut up. But if you do not jump, you will never soar. This is... This is Open Shop, the podcast, the podcast that documents the journey, 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 the journey of building and launching Open Shop, the small business geo marketplace. Welcome to the next episode of Open Up Shop, the podcast. I'm your host, EA Green, and we're here to navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and conquer these obstacles by just getting started. All right. So if you listen to the skit in the beginning of this episode, you can hear that we are talking about leaping into your endeavor full time. All right. So one thing that, you know, I kind of looked at is that, you know, full time entrepreneurship is not a one size fits all type of thing. Right. It's not something that you are just kind of born to do. Like a lot of the greats have always kind of started while doing both things that, you know, they're nine to five and then their side business or their full business at the same time. And it gets to a point and they just take the leap. So uh, just kind of a couple of examples. We got Phil Knight said he spent five years selling um, his athletic shoes before leaving his full time job in accounting. Sarah Blakely, who developed Spanx over the course of years, she basically kept her full time job selling fax machines in the meantime. And now she's worth a billion dollars. All right. And you have Marcus Peterson, who's a programming uh, programmer who built video games on the side. But basically, you know, he put Minecraft up unfinished and now Microsoft bought it. You know, and now he's a billionaire as well. Mm. All right. So. If you can kind of hear like the the background, you can kind of see that, you know, we're 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 off remote. You know, we're not really in the open media lab today at 301 North Main Street, but we're kind of like, you know, decided to take a little trip, you know, be able to see the views on other places. So uh, where I have here today, who I feel like can give us the most like insight and the most, you know, uh, value about what, you know, what it takes to actually take the full leap into full-time entrepreneurship. So I have Desmond Barnes, the CEO of Get Up To Go. What's going on, Des? Hey, what's up, E? Thanks for having me. All right, so the guys, like, we're in here. You know, he, like, really kind of set us out. You know, he has, like, his... uh his own merchant here in terms of like showing off his brand. He had, came in here in shades. He was like, Hey, look, I'm going to turn the lights down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it cool. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna get my shades too. So now we're just here. All right. So Des, tell everybody a little bit more about yourself. All right. So my name is Desmond Barnes. I'm from Hampton, Virginia. I went to Winston-Salem State University. My background is in marketing. Um, I had the opportunity out of school to have a really great sales job. And I also worked for a really big retailer as a marketer. 
Um, man, it's a $5.2 billion business there. Grew mm-hmm. by $98 million year over year. So I had some really great experience as a marketer. Wow. But there was yeah. a piece of me that, was, uh, that wasn't fulfilled. I really was passionate about travel. And I wanted to bridge that gap with other people my age that kind of expose and say, hey, you don't have to break the bank to travel. There's some great experiences you can have. Yeah. So I went out to, um, you know, kind of chase after that passion. Okay. All right. That's dope, man. So, you know, again, you know, thank you for coming, you know. For sure. You so really setting the tone, you know, like I said, just really chill, real laid back here today. Yeah. All right. But before we kind of get into uh, um, the topic about leaping into your endeavor full time, yep. can you let the listeners know what gets you started? Um, what gets me started? Um, what gets me started are, are the listeners, people like the listeners that tune in trying to figure out how to open up shop. Mm-hmm. So I'm a first generation entrepreneur. A lot of things I've learned, I've been on the on the cuff. I've learned a lot of great things, but a lot of great things I learned uh, the hard way. Yeah. And if I can share anything during this interview that will allow somebody to grow their business or just um, gain the courage to open up shop, then you know those are that's what gets me started because I know that I didn't really have a lot of examples. So I just really want to get out there and show people that it can be done. You can chase your dreams. You can have a fulfilled life. If you take that leap of faith and really believe in yourself, man, yo, you're coming in hot today. <laughs> all right, all right. So this is going to be a really good episode, guys. So, all right. So, Des, we're going to get into the topic today for the theme about leaping into your, you know, your endeavor full time. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, kind of let the listeners know, like, you know, you said you started up, get up to go. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of gave us the the little backstory. Yep. But like, take us through, like, maybe the last couple of months or when you were working full time to then when you decided to actually take the leap. Okay. So I had a nine to five. Yeah. And I'm working. So I had a nine to five, but I used to get up early in the morning. So my morning started at four thirty AM. Get up at four thirty AM, I would work out and I would get to the office at seven. So by me getting to the office early, I was able to crank out a lot of my work that was due for my employer at the time. Um, while no one else was in the office. So during that time, I was able to get ahead of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, when people came into work, um, obviously, I'm still working for my employer. But during my lunch breaks, uh, I was actually running my business okay. during my lunch breaks. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I didn't take lunch. Um, I skipped. I, you know, I was working during my lunch breaks, creating this uh, business. And then at night I would go home. Um, shout out to my wife, who was uh, very supportive at the time. But I used to come home late. And still crank out work for my business. So I would be at uh, this employer from seven to seven. um, And then I would come home and I would work until 11 or 12 o'clock at night on my business. And then I would get right back up at 430 in the morning. That was that was the grind. Right. Right. Um, And then eventually I was building so much business during my lunch and during the, the late hours of the night. And I was like, man, like I'm actually losing money going to work full time for this other employer. And then that's when I was like, okay, it makes sense for me to leave. But prior to that, um, I had a little bit of vision. I'll say, hey, you know, this is something I'm very interested in. I do want to take this leap of faith. So what I would encourage people to do is just kind of think about, uh, and I'm pretty sure we'll get to this down the road, but I actually saved up six months worth of living expenses. Okay. And then that gave me the courage to jump. So I wasn't worried about whether or not I made money. 
um, because I already had money saved up. Okay. And I moved to uh, Bangkok, Thailand during that six month period because I knew that <laughs> uh, my money would stretch further in Thailand than it would be here in the States. All right. So let's so let's stop for a brief okay, moment. Okay. So you so you saved up the six months of you know living expenses mm-hmm. and then you left? Yeah. Like so I mean, assuming you know, your business is completely online, so mm-hmm. you could be anywhere in the anywhere world. In the world, yes. And you were still able to knock stuff out. So uh I mean I'm very interested, like, you know, a lot of people have left their hometown, you right, know. Right. Uh why why um thailand and you know let's talk about that for a brief moment like how was that so i had a great opportunity to study abroad my senior year in college i studied abroad in bangkok thailand so i lived there for six months previously okay so i was very familiar with the area very comfortable with the language and also knew my way around so i knew that um i didn't have to go through that barrier of Flying to Thailand, learning where to go, learning where to eat, learning the language. I knew exactly where I was going to stay. I knew exactly which restaurants I was going to um, eat at. I knew exactly where to shop. And then uh, Southeast Asia, Bangkok specifically, is a great hub um, to travel around Southeast Asia. So when I was in Bangkok, I lived in Bangkok. Then I went to Kuala Lumpur. I went to Sri Lanka. I went to India. I went to Bali. Went to Vietnam. So um, that was also strategic placement for me to start building my personal brand as somebody that is well uh, my traveled. customers. Yeah. yeah, somebody who's well traveled and someone my customers uh, could trust. Right. So, because like, why would I want to go to Vietnam and you've never been? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then, until this day, I don't sell any trips. So I've been to over 30 countries now, mm-hmm. but I don't sell. Um, any experiences that I haven't personally experienced myself. Okay. Um, so I don't just get on the internet and say, oh man, Santorini, Greece is nice. Um, if I, if I haven't been to Santorini and you ask me, um, to create that experience for you, I'll just point you in a direction or a resource where you can, um, recreate that for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, you know, you kind of like derailed us a little bit, not in a bad (laughs) way. Right. But so, um, so you like so you went to Bangkok, mm-hmm. right? You said you were able to make your your money stretch a lot longer, way longer. Yeah. Right, I'm assuming way longer than six months. Way right? longer than six months. So yeah. what was the, you know, did you go to Bangkok by yourself or were you with someone? Or did, like, did your wife go with you? Yeah, my wife. My wife actually. So I saved up enough money for both of. So I would actually let me back up. You should save at least six months. I was a little more aggressive. I saved up a year's worth of. Um, okay my living expenses. So, okay. uh, saved up a year's worth. And then, um, yes, me and my wife, we traveled, um, all over the world for those six months. What was that conversation like to say, Hey, man. let's just do it. So man, you know, and then after, and after that, we'll, you know, we'll keep going. Yeah, Cause I know, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. people want to know what that's man. about. So like, uh, she wasn't my wife at the time. Uh, she, I don't, yeah, we weren't even engaged. Right. right? Um, but she really, so she took a look at leap of yeah, faith she too. She took a leap of faith too, right? <laughs> um, she was really there. Um, she was very supportive. Um, she saw the vision and she, um, yeah, without her, man, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Right. Um, so she, she really helped me out in that and she really took a leap of faith. But, um, she knew that I wasn't f- fulfilled, um, in corporate America and, she wanted to see she was you know she didn't have anything that was really holding her back um in her career so she was like hey like if you feel that this is the best move for us then um i believe you i trust you and 
it was just a, it was just one of those things that was a great opportunity. Like how many people yeah. have the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to live abroad for six months. Right. And um, I had enough money to, to cover our expenses where we did. You know, if I didn't make a sale through get up to go, um, I was going to be OK because okay. I, I planned it out. Okay. Yep. All right. So now, you know, we'll get up to go. You know, you provide a number of different traveling services and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Different experiences of places where you've been. Yep. All right. So talk us through. I mean, I'm assuming did your first sale happen prior to you going uh, full time or is it after? My first sale actually happened five years ago. Okay. But where is that relative to where you were? In when full- I- when I went full time, yeah, I, I've been full time now for three years. Okay, so okay. probably two years before I went full time. Okay, I sent four girls to Cancun to all inclusive resort, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So, um, thank goodness they went there and they came back safely. They right. had a great experience. Yeah, um, but those four ladies, um, kind of gave me the confidence that okay. like, man, like I can do this. So, right. um. Yeah, I took a leap of faith. I was like, hey, you know, I like, you know, I've traveled places. So I was kind of building my personal brand at the time because yeah. I already went to three or four countries prior to that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have a travel agency. You guys want to go to Cancun? Yeah, I could hook you up with this deal. And then um, they trusted me to do that for them and right. it worked out. And then after that, I was like, oh man, like I have something here. Right. All right. So now, you know, you are full time. Mm-hmm. You are, you know, traveling around the world like what are some of what some of the growing pains that you went through like while being full-time some of the growing pains i would say time okay Um, understanding the value of my time and and um utilizing it effectively so i was already in i talked earlier about being in grind mode um and i don't know why i just I thought it would be easier working for myself. Right? I'm like, hey, I create my own hours. I can show up when I want to. But man, it took a ton of hours, a ton of long nights. Uh, I just didn't anticipate the amount of time that it was going to take me to be really good at this. Yeah. And um, I am hands down the worst boss that I've ever had. <laughs> oh, you're the worst boss yes, that you've ever had? I am the worst boss I ever had. Like, at one point in time, I didn't, I'm selling vacations, but I didn't take, I would work. I remember one time I worked probably 45 days straight, no days off. Wow. Like Sundays, Saturdays, like I didn't care. Like if, if, some, if a booking came through and I was going to make $50, I wanted it. If right. it was 500, 5,000 didn't matter. I wanted it. And, and that was a growing pain because you know, eventually that goose, that, that safety net that I saved, you know, it was starting to run out. Yeah, so now I'm like, out. okay, like I built the experience, I built the brand, I built the following. Now I need to make money. Yeah. Right. And when I shifted to, I had to make money. Then I started feeling myself being pulled everywhere. Right. And I found myself trying to be everything to everybody. And okay. I would say that was probably my, that was hands down my biggest growing pain. I was like, oh man, like how can I be like Expedia? Like right. groups, I want to give people flight deals. I want to, I want to create these customized experiences. I want to do everything in travel. And what I learned is that 
if I do everything, I can't be really good at one thing, okay. right? It's like you're being a jack of all trades, a master of none. Gotcha. So now um, I'm I'm hyper focused on being a master of group travel. So that's what I'm really good at. Okay, so that so going through that, you know, kind of spreading yourself so thin, mm-hmm. you decided to focus on group travel. Yep. Um, like how like how did that like when you made that pivot? How did things started to turn? Um. Well, first I had more free time. <laughs> Okay. Right. I had more free time. I was more focused and I could see the quality of my work going up. Right. And and for me, what I realized is that the amount of time, because I'm very particular about where I send people, what type of experiences I create for people. So the amount of time I would spend on um, creating an experience for two people, it took me the same amount of time to create that experience for 20. And what I realized is that, um, you know, Two people want to go to Cancun. Two people want to go to Dubai. They can figure that out, right? It's only yeah. two people, and um, but to coordinate twenty people, to coordinate like getting two people to give you two thousand dollars isn't isn't hard, right? It's you and your significant others, you and a close group of friends, maybe uh, five or six. That's not hard, but trying to get fifteen to twenty people to celebrate a thirtieth birthday in Cabo, and the trip cost. 1500 per person is 10 months from now and you need a payment plan, you need a payment portal and you're trying to coordinate. Like that's where the friction was at. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay, cool. That's it. Like right. that's the friction. Yeah. If I can make that process smoother for my customers, then I got something right. right? So that, so when I honed in on that, um, things started to move a lot more smoothly. Right. And then I'm sure, you know, I can I can attest to this. Uh, I'm sure listeners can attest to that, too. Trying to set up a group anything. Yeah. Like a group outing down the street. Yeah. Is super tough. Yeah. Everyone is so on board in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then people start dwindling because, yeah. you know, if it's not organized, like just a number of different excuses. So, mm-hmm. you know, you really focused on like finding, you know, because like the Expedia. They focus on single travel, right? Or the the small groups, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe like between one to five people. But, you know, I would assume that since you've been well traveled, you go into these places that, hey, I'm gonna provide you group travel in terms of like, you know, getting you there to the nicest places, but also, hey, like here's some experiences that exactly. would actually enhance your trip. Yep. Okay. So you mentioned something, you know, briefly, you know, when you were talking, and it kind of goes into my next question, right? So for most established businesses or their organizations, like mm-hmm. other than like making money, right. Their lifeblood is usually their processes. Right. Yep. So, um, are processes important to like to your business in terms of establishing them and like mm-hmm. abiding by them. Mm-hmm. Um, very important. So if you don't follow the process in this line of work, you can find your, so I didn't always have a, a great process, right. I okay. learned the hard way. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the 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 bad ones. The first. bad ones. Okay, right. so a bad one, a bad experience I had. Um, you know, I wouldn't consider them handshake deals, but I didn't have people were not signing agreements. Okay. Right, they weren't engaging in contracts when they were booking trips. It was hey, me and my friends want to go to Cancun. And um, this is the experience I want to have. I would say, awesome. I could create this amazing experience. That experience is going to cost you $1,200. They would say, awesome. Do you have payment plans? I was like, I sure do. I have amazing payment plans. $50 deposit, and then um, you, you, know, you pay your own pace type thing. Right. So I would set these things up, and then 
what would happen, people would, you know, things would come up, right? So you would have to cancel or maybe um, someone didn't have insurance or, you know, things come up, people would have to back out. But, you know, when people back out, they want their money back. And I'm yeah. like, oh, hey, like you can't get your money back because we're within 15 days of travel. Right. And, you you've know, made, this, you've, you know, yeah. you've made deposits yeah. and stuff like that. And, right. you know, you probably can't get the money I back. Can't get, right. So now I'm at I'm at a point now where I can't get the money back. So now the customer wants the money back from me. I'm saying, hey, I can't get the money back because the resort won't give me the money back. I'm not trying to keep your money. I literally cannot get the money back. Right. And it's just like. Well, I didn't agree to that, right? And I'm like, uh, and I'm just like, oh wow, like you didn't, you did not agree to that, yeah, right? You did not agree to any user terms or anything like that, yeah. So when those things used to happen, it's like, okay, cool, like you know, the first couple like deposits, that was fine, like you know, people back out, like, oh, like you only made a hundred fifty dollar deposit, cool, hundred fifty. You know, you take that. And then I grew and saw that a lot of people were canceling. They weren't taking the deposit seriously. So then I was like, okay, your $50 deposit is non-refundable. And if you take the trip, it goes, it just goes to your trip. Um, and then as I got more advanced, I went to, um, I went to a university nearby. Um, I went to their, their law clinic okay. and they provided me with, um, my user agreement and on um, the terms and conditions to using the website yeah. and that protected me from a lot of things. It, it protects me from chargeback fraud. So right. a lot of times I've seen yeah, this business. That's huge, man. man it, so, so this year I've actually um, ran into a couple of instances where someone purchased the trip, $2,000. Um, they were within the non, they were in the non-refundable period. And then they just called their bank and said, Oh man, like I didn't authorize that payment. Right. <sighs> So that now, is so grimy. Yeah. That, is, that is a grind. That's that is that is nasty yeah. work, man. So now you know it's like I'm short two thousand. Then I have like a five hundred six. So I would say um, another like when you run a business, have that extra capital for when those things happen. Yeah, right. Um, and I know this is kind of going off topic, but. I set my salary, how much money I want to make each year, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to use arbitrary numbers. Let's say I want to make $50,000 this year, yeah. right? If I have a $250,000 year, I'm not going to buy a super dope Corvette. I'm not going to spend my money um, outside of the outside of the 50000 that I said that I was going to pay myself. I just okay. put that 200 thousand back in the business so when i have larger contracts so for i have a really big trip called views weekend yeah um my deposit for views weekend um that could run me thirty thousand dollars right right because you're you're having upwards of how many hundreds people? hundreds of people that come out so okay. i typically hit around 100 each yeah. time yeah 100 people that are paying roughly um, no more than nine hundred dollars. Okay, so it's around there. Right. But, um, so I but that's a lot. That's, yeah. that's a lot of money to right. be, you know, just shell out and stuff like that. Exactly. Right? So I pay that to hold the rooms. I typically pay roughly uh upwards of thirty thousand up front, right? So yeah. I pay that up front. I lock in um everything that I need, and then I continue to run my business. So if I didn't have an excess of thirty thousand that was generated from the business, and I was just pulling from that to pay myself okay. because it's like, oh man, like I want to pay myself fifty thousand, but hey, like I can, I can make yeah, exactly. 000. Like I pay, so I've, I can I've, get you, you make a bonus of a hundred thousand. I always right try to stay um, disciplined. So when that person did the chargeback fraud for two thousand, 
um, you know, as it adds up, I think I'm up to like maybe $4,000 now mm-hmm. um, that, you know, now I have a team of lawyers that can kind of go after that money for me. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it sucks, but yeah. it's not going to, it's not going to close the doors of my business. No, I hear right? you. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. But so it seems like that, you know, when it comes to the process, it's like, it's more of like discipline is one thing right mm-hmm. in terms of you know when you are full-time you know you could be making a lot of money a lot of money that you never saw before right yep. and technically you know the you get into a whole bunch of stuff like tax implications mm-hmm. uh like i said the uh, insurance or yep. different things of like um like law you know in terms of loss and stuff mm-hmm. like that because if i can only imagine like say if you didn't have that thirty thousand like sitting in the bank till you can make the deposit and then now you're waiting for people to bring in money so you could do that like that's uh, you know a recipe for disaster right because you know people you know you might not be able to get room like you know you might not be able to get rooms for enough people and all stuff like that so it's just i get it it's like you're just like all right look you have a certain level of quality that you want to provide and you can only do that by X, right? Which is, you know, being able to provide the stuff up front mm-hmm. so you know you'll make it back over time. Over time, yeah. It's, okay. And it's really just, um, you know, I'm placing a bet on myself. I'm placing a bet on the business. I mean, I'm constantly reinvesting that money. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, one thing I would, just, I would ask, like, is that when you're, when people are creating their processes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. what, are, what is one of the biggest things that they should look out for? Um. Oh, man. Okay. So when you're creating a process, you want to figure out um, how easy that process is to replicate, right? And how involved you want to be in your business. So if you're a visionary, right, you you have the vision for your business. Obviously, um, you may not be the the most process-oriented people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to understand your personality type. And um, understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, right? So yeah. me, I'm a visionary. I had this great vision for Get Up To Go. I had this great vision um, for Views Weekend. And um, by me being a visionary, by me being a marketer, sometimes I'm in the clouds, right? Yeah. And I'm coloring. I'm like, oh, man, like, what if this happened? What if this happened? Like, right. we get these sponsors. We can do all these great things, right? Yeah. And that allows me to be creative and create these out-of-the-box experience for my customers. So... I have to bring other people around me. So I have a consultant um, that helps me create that process. My wife is very detail oriented. So she always digs in the weeds. And what we've transitioned to was that, okay, like we have a process now for me to do it. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, we're moving to automating that process. And now, now that we're in the automation piece, there are still some things that need to be manual and those pieces we're hiring other people to take that off of my plate yeah so i can continue to do what i'm good at i'm a great marketer yeah i'm a great uh visionary great salesman and i can focus on those things and i can pay somebody else to handle the process piece right so i would say as you create your process um you know, make sure that you're thorough, have somebody else review it. And if you're more of a creative person like myself, like it's okay to hire somebody else. It's okay to bring somebody else on your team to help you kind of iron out that process. Because without my consultant and without my wife being so detail oriented, um, I wouldn't be as far along as I am today. Dope. Dope, man. Oh, you're killing it. I, like, I'm like, oh, so much I'm learning from this, right? And I mean, we've had yeah, yeah, yeah. we've had conversations in the past, you know, yeah. but you're, you know, you're 
you know, peeling back, you know, that, that whole experience about, yeah. you know, certain stuff that I never really thought about. So I definitely appreciate that. All right. So, you know, before we take a break, uh, what's next for Get Up To Go? Get Up To Go. Um, so we so Get Up To Go, uh, we're focusing heavily now on group trips, right? Yeah. So um, now we're processing trips, um, mainly 10 or more groups in the Caribbean. And um, we're really just kind of diving into that space of, hey, if you have 10 or more people and you're struggling with getting people to give you $500,000, $900,000, like we're creating really dope um, solutions um, for group travel. Right. And um, under that umbrella, we have Views Weekend, which specializes and we get a lot of young professionals and we just go out and we take over a new resort in a new country each year. So now we're kind of just branching off to creating more experiences. So we used to just do things in the summer. Now we're experiencing, uh, I mean, exploring, doing some great things in the winter and creating exp- experiences for people who want to kind of travel outside the all-inclusive space. Okay. So um, we have some really great things uh, going on there that I'm really excited about. All right. Awesome. All right, bro. So what we're going to do is that we're going to take a quick break. Cool. And we're going to wrap things up. All right, cool. And we're back. All right. So we are going to wrap things up about this episode when it comes to leaping into your endeavor full time. All right. Now, Des, so the next segment that we're going to go through is our wrap up segment called Concept Startup Growth. And basically, this is a segment that really summarizes everything we talked about and give real practical advice to the listener so that, you know, they know what they need to do when, you know, leaving into their endeavor full time. Okay. All right. So with this. All right. So basically, the first part is concept. Right. Concept is like the, the planning stage. Right. So what would you tell what advice would you give? to, you know, someone who's looking to plan to go out on their own? Um, The first thing I would say is uh, take that idea and and truly sit down and map it out and map it out to the point where it's as big as you can possibly uh, think. Right. And then you back into that bigger idea. And as you after you set that vision, think solely on the problem that you're solving don't think anything is going to be hard but don't tie yourself to the money right because if you're um if you focus too much on how much money you're going to make um you may fall into the trap of saying oh man like well i'm not going to make too i'm not going to make enough money to quit my job just focus on the solution you're providing and whatever you do the money will follow right okay. yeah. and i would say um another piece of that that i spoke to earlier as far as planning um so that's planning for the business when you're planning to leave take the time to figure out what plan works for you so what worked for me was saving up a year so that that was I, that was very aggressive right yeah um but i would save at least three to six months so look at look at your your cost of living how much is your rent? How much do you spend on food? How much, you know, just the, the very basics. Map that out, get the cost, save that up. And then when you jump ship, free your mind of having to make money for three months. Save, free your mind for having to make money for six months. I want to give myself a full year. And I said, hey, I have a, I have a year's worth of living. 
if I don't make it in a year, then I at least I gave it a shot. Right. Yeah. So I would say just give yourself a shot, whether it's three months, six months or a year of truly honing in on your craft, or honing in on your business. And if it doesn't work, then you can slide. You know, corporate America is always going to be there, whatever, yeah. whatever you're doing right now. It'll always be there waiting on you. So, uh, you know, take that leap of faith and just, you know, plan out. Uh, your vision and then plan out uh, how much it's going to cost for you to do that full time. Dope. Dope. All right. So now the next segment is called startup. So now this is when you're going to be focused on the execution of your plan. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, Joe Schmo has jumped, you know, he's jumped, he's made the leap. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, he's take the plan. He's saved up, you know, a year's worth of time, you know, or years worth of expenses. You know, he really is focusing on what the product or the service that he's doing. So, when it comes to executing, like, what's the next thing that they got to look out for? Um, when you're executing, make sure that you're... The first thing you want to do is, is, is fail fast, right? They're go- you're going to make mistakes in your business. Fail fast, right? So you want to go out there, you want to try that new thing, you want to fail fast, and then the, the, learn, the faster that you can fail and learn from that experience, the faster you can improve your process mm-hmm. and um, provide a better experience for your customer. And, um, you know, go out there and try new things, right? Go out there, try new things. And it's okay if it doesn't work out immediately, right? That's why you saved up the money. So as long as you had the vision, just stick to the plan. Stick to it for a couple of weeks. Stick to it for a month. Stick to it for two months. And then say, okay, this this route is not working. Let me try another plan to execute on that. But you never give up and make sure that you're putting in the time. So it's not going to be a quick win. It's not going to be a quick fix. In order to be an expert in anything, I think you need to put in, what, like 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. So put in the hours, right? We all have the same amount of hours. Um, I, I was an athlete, so I ran track in college. And um, my dad used to just tell me, like, hey, someone someone out there is always trying to outwork you, right? Yeah. So I know that there are other people who have travel companies that are trying to outwork me, right? So I'm up at four. I'm getting to it. I'm not working hard. I'm still I'm working hard, but I'm also trying to um, uh, work efficiently. So don't fall into the trap of like, oh, I'm executing. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Right. right. Because sometimes you can you can get caught into this process of like, man, I woke up at four and I was grinding. And now it's 2 a.m. and I'm still grinding. And at the end of the day. I came in or some of your competitor came in, they did the same thing in three hours. I don't want you to get caught up in that process, but don't be afraid of putting in the hours to figure out how to um, be more efficient. So you can do what took you um, 12 hours to do. Then you narrow that down to five, you narrow that down to two, you narrow that down to one. And then you ultimately figure out how to automate it. Like that's how you execute effectively. Dope. All right. So the last section is called growth. So now this is going to be the section where, you know, the listener is going to be adapting uh, if something was to go wrong or even things um, go right. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of mentioned certain stuff like, you know, you know, being disciplined and things of that nature. Like what are some things that you would kind of tell the listeners about adapting in this space? Um, I would say try to find the lesson or the truth in everything that you hear. Right. So whether it's something that goes wrong and and you get like a bad customer review or a bad experience, um, there's some truth in that. Right. Dig and and be reflective. Dig for that truth to figure out what was it about that experience um, that wasn't valuable for my customer. 
and adapt to try to provide a solution for that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll tell you about that as we wrap up about how I create a whole business based off a customer complaint. Right. Okay. So I adapted um, to that. And then for the things that are going well, hone in on that as well. Like what, what was it about that experience So follow up with your customers and say, Hey, what did you like about this product? What did you like about this service? And you'll start to find a common theme and then you hone in on that and you say, okay, if I can um, make sure that I'm a subject matter expert, I can make sure that I'm providing this level of experience consistently then that's when you'll start to see yourself take off. So whether it's going bad or whether it's going good, there's a lesson to find. You can find a lesson in both the experiences. Yeah. Just make sure that you don't get too high or too low off uh, positive or negative feedback. All right. So, so now that was concept startup growth. All right. So now we're going to get into the best part of the show, at least in my opinion, right? Which is hashtag comfort zone killer, which is the social media call to action. All right. So this is going to be something that you want to lead the listeners after following, you know, having this conversation today about what's going to kind of keep them going, you know, until the next episode of Open Up Shop. What I was, do you got for us? All right. So to keep you going, just get up to go. Get up, okay. get out there and go do what you have to do to launch your business. Don't wait until tomorrow. Do it today. Like even if it's a small step, even if it's just a quick five minute brainstorm, go do it. If it's something that you haven't seen before, go see it, get inspired and just get up to go. Go do it. OK, so I mean, curious. So where to get up to go? Like where? when did you get that? Uh that uh i the guess name. that re- yeah revelation of like hey like this is what the name is um i'm a very spontaneous traveler if you ask any of my friends like you the first time i studied abroad when i studied abroad and i lived there for six months i got my i literally got my passport two days before i took a 23 hour journey to bangkok Wow. I literally, you know, I drove to DC. I got it last minute. So, and it's crazy that I actually plan trips for a living because <laughs> everything I do in my personal life. Yeah, you is, don't, you don't. Yeah, super. <laughs> I mean, you know, full transparency to everybody that's listening. I literally text Eve, was like, hey, man, I'm coming to Winston Salem Thursday. I think I text you, what, Monday or yeah. Tuesday? Yeah. And now we're here. So, right. I'm always on the go. I'm always moving and shaking. So, um, yeah. So, that's how I came up with the name. I'm like, man, get up to go. Like, that would be cool. All right. That's dope, man. All right. So that was another episode of Open Up Shop, the podcast. So, uh, Des, man, I really want to thank you, you know, for taking the time out. You know, you could have been anywhere in the world, you know, literally, literally. probably. <laughs> <laughs> but you're here with me. All right. So, uh, you know, let everyone know where they can learn more about you. They can learn more about Get Up To Go, Views, or anything you guys might you might have coming up. Okay, cool. So uh, if you're planning a group trip, you can find me at on Instagram, Get Up To Go with the number two. So G-E-T-U-P, the number two, go, and getuptogo.com. If you're looking to meet a ton of cool young professionals, um, we're traveling abroad to a new country each year. We're taking over all-inclusive resorts. I want to have an amazing experience. You can find us at Views Weekend, um, and that's uh, Views Weekend. Just spell it regular on Instagram, and we're also at ViewsWeekend.com. And I'm saving the best for last. My new baby is Go Flight Club. So a lot of people okay. they see me traveling all over the world. Like I spoke to you earlier, I traveled all over. I travel all over. I traveled to more than thirty countries, and it looks like I'm spending a ton of money to get there. 
And um, I know I spoke to earlier, you know, how much money sometimes I had to put up to put these events on. Yeah. But man, like in my personal life, when I travel, it doesn't cost me that much. So me and my wife, we flew to Kenya round trip from Charlotte for $500 round trip. Wow. I flew to Paris um, for $400 round trip um, out of D.C. Um, I'm sending a group of friends of mine to Johannesburg for out of Charlotte for five fifty. And um, I know people are listening like, whoa, whoa, whoa like how, right, how are you yeah, getting how? these crazy deals, right? Um, I built the algorithm to basically scrape data offline right. to give me the best flight deals possible. Dope. So when those flight deals come in, I don't. So if you ask me where am I traveling next month? Um, well, I bought it last. So okay, I do know I'm traveling next month. But if you, <laughs> if, if you ask where I'm traveling for the rest of the year, I don't know because the flight deals didn't tell me where to go yet. Gotcha. Like I don't, I don't have like. So you go literally wherever Go Flight Club exactly. pushes you to. I I just get up to go. I get that flight deal and I say, okay, cool, I'm going. So that's going to be a really amazing service that I'm going to provide to people. That's going to be a subscription, five dollars a month. You're gonna um, be wait. Able, what? Yeah. So you're going to save people hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars. And you're just giving it away. Those things for five dollars. So and and that's what I spoke to earlier. Right. So um, I built that business off a terrible customer review. So do we have time to go into? Yeah, go ahead. All right. right, Cool. So um, I was getting these flight deals. Right. And what I would do, I would sell the deal for a hundred dollars. So you would come to me and say, hey, I want to go to Johannesburg. Right. But I want to fly out of Charlotte. I know that flying to Johannesburg out of Charlotte on average is going to run you fifteen hundred dollars. Right. Round trip. Round trip. So I know I can find that deal. I can easily find that deal over the course of two, three months It's going to come through my system for six fifty from five hundred to six hundred fifty dollars. Right. Yeah. So that's an easy value prop. I tell the person, hey, I'm going to save you at least four four to five hundred dollars on your flight and in exchange you're gonna pay me a fee, a finder's fee of a hundred dollars, right? So I used to create these customized um uh these customized travel trackers for my customers. So it's like, okay, cool. I I found a couple people. I, d- I think I did maybe five to ten, right? So I'm like, oh man, like I'm building this business, man. Like I made a thousand dollars giving people advice um, on advice that. on how to travel for the low. Man, so I had this one, I had these two girls who were traveling to Bangkok out of Charlotte. Um, This happened, I would say, two years ago. And um, they paid me $100 to go, and and I found them flights from Charlotte to Bangkok for $450 round trip, right? Man. They gave me $100. I sent them, you know, I sent them the flight deal. They purchased the flight deal, right? So that's, this is where I was talking about earlier, like the contract. So for them, they had to, in their mind, they had a terrible experience. They're like, wait, I gave you a hundred dollars. Like you, you gave me the flight deal, but you didn't tell me what to do in Bangkok. You didn't tell me where to stay. You didn't give me any experiences. You didn't book my flight. You didn't book the hotel. And I, and I'm in my mind, I'm like, yeah, like you paid me a hundred dollars to find the flight. Like that's the value. Like I saved you yeah. over $700 on the flight. Yeah. Right. But there was a disconnect, right? And the person didn't feel like they were getting enough value for their buck. And I'm like, man, so it really sucked. Like they're going to social media, like don't get up to go. Don't, don't use it. So I'm like, man, like it, it really sucked. Right. But in that moment, I'm like, okay, like find the truth. Where, where's the truth 
in this in this experience. And it's like, okay, these customers don't feel like a hundred dollars was worth their buck. Um, the truth is that um, maybe I didn't communicate effectively in regards to what they were purchasing. Yeah. Right. Maybe they felt like for a hundred dollars, they should get way more. Even though I thought saving seven hundred dollars on a flight to Bangkok. I, I, mean, that, I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's I fair. think, I that's, think fair. that's fair. But hey, that's fair. Um, so from that, I just kind of took a step back and I did not do anything go flight club related for, I would say, a year. I just kind of sat with that feedback. And I just, you know, I just I didn't totally neglect it. But I said, hey, I haven't figured that out. Right. Yeah. So it's OK to put things on the back burner for a little bit. So I put it on the back burner and then I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. It's taking me too much time to focus on these two people, right? I could provide that same service to everyone in Charlotte, to everyone who's willing to drive to Charlotte, to anybody who wants to fly to Raleigh, New York, to any airport in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Or any airport in the United States. And then that's when a light clicked. And I was like, man, like, I don't need to chase. I don't, I don't need to have a few people give me $100. I want a lot of people to give me $5. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then that kind of shifted my perspective. So I won't call them out, but thank you so much yeah. for the feedback. And thank you so much for allowing me to create another amazing business. Man, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. But it's, I mean, it's dope, though. I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, things like that, like, like I said, this came, like the Open Media Lab came from people asking to use the second bedroom in my home. Mm-hmm. Right. And me telling them no for over a year. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, all right. You know, so I just get it. Like sometimes you just run into things like that. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So, again, I want to thank you for your time. Thanks you know, you, like this is really, 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 really dope conversation that we had today. Cool. All right. So listeners, uh, make sure you tune in next week for your weekly dose of Make It Happen. But in the meantime, you can learn more about the journey by following me at EA The Exec on all platforms and learn more about open shop at OpenShop us and openshop.com and you can come visit us at the open media lab at 301 north main street in downtown winston-salem now go get your journey started and build your idea project or business but just remember all you have to do is open up shop peace <laughs>